from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to Go Ask Alley, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Don't think that there's some one soulmate. It's not like there's one. Although Bon Jovi is my soulmate. (laughs) There's always exceptions. Are you saying that gossiping is the same as if I'm picking lice out of your scalp and eating it? Well, you've done both. So what do you think? I don't want to give her too much. I don't like her to come in with an inflated head. So we won't mention the Golden Globe. After all we've been through, we deserve an orgasm, sis. We deserve... I know. (laughs) Welcome to Go Ask Allie. I'm Allie Wentworth, and this season I'm digging into everything I can get my hands on, peeling back the layers and getting dirty. In this episode, I'm digging into how to have a relationship with your ex. You know, I grew up as a child of multiple divorces on both sides, and it was horrific how everybody dealt with it. Nobody spoke to each other, resentments on both sides, children were being shuttled back and forth between two homes. So I've always equated a breakup, whether that's a marriage or relationship, with hostility and ghosting and not speaking to each other and infighting and picking sides. So the idea that somebody could be friends with their ex is kind of a head scratcher for me. And I remember a few years ago reading about Gwyneth Paltrow. She talked about consciously uncoupling. And I thought, well, what the hell is that? How is that even possible, particularly when you've been married and you have kids? So (laughs) there's so much emotional baggage that goes into a relationship. And I have to imagine a lot of that baggage comes out with you when you leave the relationship. So as my mother would say, how do you shake out the rug and lay it down again? So. 
I'm curious about it. I'm curious because I have friends who were able to break up relationships and uh, still maintain dual parenting or being uh, just as involved in each other's lives as they were before when it came to raising children. So I really want to dig into this. And if I'm going to dig into this, I got to do it with Isabel Gillies. Isabel Gillies is a New York Times bestselling author of Happens Every Day, A Year in Six Seconds, and Starry Night. Her work has been published in Vogue, The New York Times, Real Simple, Cosmopolitan, Goop, and others. A lifelong New Yorker and an actress for many years, Isabel lives in Manhattan with her husband, three kids, two adorable Cocker Spaniels, and she just happens to be a really good friend of mine. Isabel Gillies. I'm so happy you're on because I want to dig into this whole notion of being friends with your ex, but also creating this kind of modern family. So first, I'm going to have to ask you to do something which is laborious to you, but enlightening and fascinating for those of us that are listening, which is tell the tale that prompted you to write this book, Happens Every Day. All right. Well, first of all, hello. And oh, hello. thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Hey, this is so much fun. Thank you for being so polite. Well, I'm. you're the person to have on when we discuss this, because I will say before you dive into this, that for backstory, I did not know Isabel. Isabel and I had mutual friends and I was away on vacation in Italy and I grabbed her book, Happens Every Day, read it voraciously as I lay in the grass and somewhere in Umbria. And I called you from Italy and said, I love this book. This is an amazing book. How are you so enlightened? How did you know all these things? And so anyway, and now anytime I know or meet somebody that's going through any kind of a breakup in their relationship, I say, Read Happens Every Day by Isabel Gillies. That is very very nice. And I appreciate that. So here you are. And we have to start with your story because that's going to inform our whole conversation. Right. So here we are now, I want to say 15 years later, you know, it's been a long time since I was divorced, but so going back, I had married a childhood friend, a family friend, and we went to the same place in the summer and he is a um, professor. He wasn't then he was getting his PhD and he was very good looking and smart and kind and all these things. And we got married and it seemed very much like, and I think this is true for, for everyone, right? You're thoughtful. You, you think I'm in love and this makes sense. And, you know, I was not rushing to uh, Las Vegas to get married. Like I was being very purposeful and thought it was a good idea. And, and the truth is here it is. It was a good idea. There are no mistakes. You know, that's the, that's the thing. There are no right answers. It's you can anytime you get to a choice, they're both going to be right. So that's just to sort of start out the whole thing. So I would never say that was the worst mistake I ever made or, you know, because it's just not true. And also the thing of like, well, I got my my beautiful children out of it. That's true and I got a lot out of that marriage. It was my life. I got a lot out of that part of my life, you know, so I'm not going to just throw that away or disregard it or think I made a mistake. So that's just that. So we got married and soon into the marriage, it became clear not only that I wanted to have children, we wanted to have a family, but that his career was kind of really 
cooking with gas. And mine was too, actually, at that point, I was on two TV shows, but he was a professor and we decided we would go with his career. And by the way, you were also Kathy Stabler on Law and Order SVU, which was, is and was, and will always be a huge television show. And was an incredible part in what happened was we ended up moving to Cambridge because he was teaching uh, there. And then we moved to Oberlin, Ohio. And I continued actually that, that job through that time and had babies through that job. So that was a bless. And that was awesome. Um, but, but Oberlin, Ohio is not the easiest place to grow your acting career. No, it is not. It is not. However, Oberlin's great. Oberlin is such a great town, mostly because everything is small and it's awesome and it's close to each other. So the head of the drama department lived next door to us. And they were like, come work at the college, come teach, uh, which seemed like a dream and was a dream. So we bought a house. It was so beautiful. And um, so we've been there about 18 months. And then my husband fell in love with a colleague and ended the marriage, came home and basically said, and kind of like details don't matter in some ways, but said, I'm not in love with you. And I want to leave the marriage. And two things happened. Immediately, my brain said, okay, go time. Um, My father, who is still alive and still saying amazing Dumbledorean kind of things, had said my whole life, shit happens. Shit happens from when I was little. You're going to be going along and everything's great and some shit is going to happen and it's going to derail it and just be expecting it. Be ready for it. So I was like, oh my God, here's the shit hitting the fan. Here it is. But are you this lucid at this moment? Um, I mean, did you break glasses? No, you were were like... Well, here's the thing. It's like... You wrote a to-do list. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. Because here's what happens when something comes at you and it's going to be disruptive to say the least, and it could be dangerous and it's coming at you fast. I actually think that there's lucidity. I think that people go into high gear because it's adrenaline or whatever, but very rarely do I think people go and fall apart. And then, cause I had a baby and a toddler. So if I fall apart, what happens to them? It's like, I had to deal and I had to still make the beds and still put food in the refrigerator and I still had a job. Now look, I was devastated and I was trying my best to figure it out and to stop it and to say, even if you're in love, let's just save this marriage. But it was very clear that that wasn't going to happen. So I had to have radical acceptance, which I now know is a term, but, but it really did feel like this, like this is really happening. And something in me was like, believe this. He's leaving you, believe it. And were you surprised by it? There, oh my goodness. Could not have been more surprised. Very surprised. Because I'm always curious in a relationship when somebody says like, I'm not in love with you, I'm in love with somebody else. And the person had no idea. Well, okay. So I had, and in the book, you'll see there, there were like, you know, distant bells. And I've always also, um, known that humans aren't, you know, that whole thing of like, there's one person out there, there's a soulmate. I also don't uh, ascribe to. And my, my father also said for like life partners and loves of your life, there's going to be like 10. You're going to meet some before and you'll have wonderful, big, passionate, interesting relationships. And then when it's right time to get married, you'll meet one and you'll marry that person. And here's the deal. 
you'll meet someone that's funny and attractive and smart and terrific after you're married. So prepare for that because now you're married, so you don't do anything about it. But don't think that there's some one soulmate because it's just not true. It's Think about how many billions of people are on the planet. It's not like there's one. Although right? Bon Jovi is my soulmate. <laughs> there's always exceptions. And I'll hold on to that. <laughs> there's always exceptions. But generally, I think I tell my kids, you know, I believe that when you are married, that's the, the boundary. There's the context. You stay within it. That's just what I think. But, you know, a lot of people don't think that. Like, a lot, a lot of people don't think that. So, in any case, the other thing that happened is that I called my father and I was like, oh, I think, you know, this is happening. And he was like, so come home. And I was like, I don't think so. I think we're going to get this together and that's going to be unnecessary, but thank you. And then it turned out that I couldn't get it together and I couldn't stay. Who am I going to meet in Ohio? I'm only 34 years old at this point. Also, for me, there's also the fact that you're in the small town and he's going to be with this woman who he's now in love with. Totally. That would be tricky for me. Right. Exactly. It, and it would have been tricky for me. And he did the right thing. He could have easily kept me there and I would have no choice but to stay. But he said, you can go, which meant that I moved with the two children back to New York into my parents' apartment that I grew up in. and. Law and Order. I actually, Chris and I it looked like we were getting divorced on Chris Maloney. Chris Maloney. Chris Maloney, the star of the show. Yeah. yeah. We were getting divorced on the show. And I came back and I was skinny because when you get divorced, you lose 30 pounds. And I had one of the few perks. Yeah. Few perks. And I had like a fire, some kind of like mojo that I went on set to go and like do work about to get divorced scene. And the producers were like, Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this? What's going on here? Something's going on here. Yeah. And wrote me back into the show in a much heavier way. So I had a job and I was like, okay, okay. I, I'm going to be okay. So how are you and your ex at this point? Well, I, here's the thing. I was like, I'm going to make this work. I do not want to feel sorry for myself. I don't want to be a horrible bitch. We have to raise these children, right? So we have a common purpose, which was very, very clear. These kids, no matter what else happens to them, have us as their parents. And that's not changing. That's a fixed thing. And both of us wanted them to thrive and to live happy lives and have good relationships. We had that common goal. So if you have a common goal, it's easier to find unity. What's hard is when you somehow disagree. You know, I want them to go to religious school and the other person wants them to be homeschooled. But we very much were like, okay, we are going to be on team boy. Which is a really mature approach. You know, my, my parents, when they got divorced and I was one, were not on team baby Allie. You know, it was all their resentment towards each other was always sort of simmering. They didn't want to speak to each other or see each other. So, I mean, it takes it, it takes a lot of self-actualization for both of you to go, hey, listen, I fell in love with somebody else and you're saying, oh, I get it. I'm not going to be ragey. And the two of you decide to raise these boys. I mean, it's, that's so mature. We decided over the kitchen table. 
And so there's a couple parts. I think what happens, a, sort of a, a, a root in the road that people trip over is, is really not accepting that something's happening. At some point, I listened to the room. And I was like, this is really mm-hmm. happening. I can fight for a while, but I'm losing the battle. So I'll, I'll surrender and accept what's happening. When I got acceptance is when I was able to be like, okay, then I got some clarity because I was like, well, but what about the kids? He's like, right, the kids. But let me, I have to backtrack so that I don't think that I'm so crazy. (laughs) Did you get to have your all my children moment where you say like, how dare you do this to me? And you tell that slut, she better not come into my house or tell her not to call me and all that. Like, did you have any of that? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, yes, I did. Good, okay, just want to make sure. I think there was one time where I said something like, I'm going to call her mother. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Isabel. <laughs> Those are fighting words. <laughs> no, I, I definitely had my moments and, and it was totally imperfect, right? But it's important, to, it's important to say this because I think as women, we're emotional beings. And I think, first of all, you're allowed to have any kind of reaction you want and your feelings. Absolutely. And actually, my ex-husband would probably be able to say them more clearly than I. He told me you chased him with a butcher knife (laughs) and tried to cut off his penis, but that's his version and everybody has a different version. Two sides of every story. Exactly. Um, Of course, both of us fell apart in different times below these 15 years, Um, but I, I always, always had goodwill and I believe he always had goodwill too. If you presume goodwill about somebody else, Mm -hmm. in my experience, if I can presume goodwill of anyone, it's just going to be a better result for me than if I'm like, that person was trying to fuck me. And, th-, you know, that's resentment, what you're talking about. And resentment for me, it, it always screws me up. It doesn't screw the other person up. It screws me up. And this is a trick for this kind of situation. The tendency when someone leaves you or when your house burns down or when, when something terrible happens and messes you up, the tendency is is to point your finger and be like, you did this, you know, it's, and and make it about the other person. You're trying to control something that they're doing and you can't, right? It's not about them. It's about you, right? Just keep putting the focus back on yourself because that's the only thing that is going to reap you any benefit. Did you guys have like rules? Like when you sat down at that table and said, Hey, we're going to support each other. Did you have rules like you're not allowed to badmouth me in front of the kids or don't contradict me in front of the kids? Well, I think that the other thing that really helps are boundaries. That's not my dog. <laughs> That's my little dog, Daisy, who um, every time you say the word boundary, she just freaks the fuck out. <laughs> um, yeah, boundaries. So yes. boundaries are hugely important. Your divorce agreement our boundaries, right? So some people are like, okay, you better be here at six o'clock. The judge said that you have to be here at six o'clock and that's what you better be here at six o'clock. Yeah. And that's to protect each person, right? And then you can have your personal boundaries, which for me, it never worked. If I said, you can't talk badly about me, I would have to say, I will not talk badly about you to the boys. That was my hope. That was like my standard that I would conduct myself. And then the trusting, and that's where's the goodwill part is, that that person's going to also 
conduct themselves, although you can't control that. So that's the challenge. That's the real challenge. Like people are going to be who they are and you sort of have no control over that. Well, it sounds like you, you lived your life by a certain conduct and hoped that he would follow. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. I think. (laughs) And it's time for a short break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we're back. So at this point now, you are friends, you're raising these boys together. Yes. It's one thing when, you know, we're not married or we're married and we don't have kids. But when there are other people involved, it becomes much more complicated. You can't just walk away, as we're talking about. And I think about all the baggage that comes with that, meaning, again, I remember as both my parents remarried. That just sort of added to the complexity, the anger and the resentment, which made it even harder for them to be exes because now they were starting these other families. And so everybody was threatened by everybody else. And so any hope that there would be any kind of friendship between my parents just dissipated. See, this is where I would go back to expectation. And I'm going to bring Arch in here, bring in my dad again. Yeah. He said, don't have any expectation, not one. Yeah. If you have none, then anything that comes along that's good and you get, then great. And, but if you have none, then you won't have any resentment. It's not like it's not going to hurt. When she started to be a part of their lives, I I was like, you know, kind of 
killed me, but I was like, as long as you're putting on the sweater, if it's cold and holding their hand across the street, I'm good. Um, I remember I was sitting in the playground in New York with our friend Clea, and I got the text that my ex-husband was having another baby. Okay, here we go. This, yep, big moment. It felt like, the, you know, someone t- taking my breath away. And I, and I reached down and grabbed her hand and I just showed her the, the text. And she was like, Oh, I remember it hurting and being like, Oh God, what is this going to mean? What's going to happen? And then, you know, I was like, okay, it is what it is. Here it is. Radical acceptance. Radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. There's no go. I'm not going to get that baby out of the picture. And you know what? Nor would I want to. For me now, the work is to want what I have. That's my goal is to want what I have, even kind of shitty stuff. You know, that's my work. It's not, it's, it's imperfect. Right. And, you know, a lot of times I remember being in that little room that with the two little boys and not knowing what was going to happen. But I remember sitting on the floor and holding their two little hands and being like, here we are. It's going to make a cry. You know, okay. Okay. Want what you have. I've got these two boys. I've got shelter and I've got my future. You know, I've got a lot, you know, we all have a lot more than we think we do. And in times when someone leaves you or when like something terrible's happened, even like the storm is taking your house away, it's really easy to be like, I don't have anything. Screw the storm, screw the person, out, 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 out. But if you turn it around and say, want what you have, accept what this is. Like, it's really just about kind of like the old make lemonade out of lemons in, in a way. But it's not, it's not really that. It's more like, if you have lemons, dig the lemons. Right. Just right. figure out how to like them. Smell them, eat them, have them around. They're good for cleaning, you know. Um, and I also knew, and this was sort of like me being uh, long-term greedy. I was like, it's going to be unattractive if I'm destroyed by some other person for a new partner. Yeah. I was like, that's just not going to be very attractive to anybody. I don't think. So. The other thing is, is that sometimes when people get remarried or whatever, it's good turns out to be a good thing for the, yeah. the family. For everybody. For everybody. Which is kind of what happened with you. Very Your cool. ex-husband got married, had a baby. You got married. You met a fantastic man. Wonderful. Who was a divorcee that had a kid too. And you mm-hmm. created this blended family. And this is what I want to get into now. You created a blended family that included your ex-husband. Yeah. And that takes a great amount of maturity on everybody, on your current husband, your ex-husband, your ex's wife. I mean, it's a lot of personality. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. How? How, Isabel? Well, here's what happens, right? Here's what happens. So first of all, everyone had goodwill. So my current husband was, he's a smart guy. He's like, this guy's not going anywhere. Did he have all the different feelings, anger, resentment, blah, 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 blah. Probably. You know, you can always have feelings. It's what you do about them, right? So everyone's going to have feelings, but it's how you proceed. Mm-hmm. So we had 12 years of all of them going through school. And on our parent-teacher conference list, I remember one time it was my husband, Peter, my ex-husband, his wife. There were four of us around the tiny little table with the two teachers. And it was just like, this is who we were, like a lot of people here. And some people don't do it that way. Some people want it to be just the bio parents that are at the table. But 
you know, so I have three kids and it's kind of fun how it happened because they're 14 months apart. So right now they're 19, 18 and 17, you know, three sandwiches to make. And I saw it as this person's under my care. So I'm their parent. Am I their blood mother? No, but I'm their parent. And like I committed when I married and it takes a while, you know, but I I remember she went on a school bus and I remember early, early, she was young. It was freezing and cold. And I thought, what if the bus skids? What if the, you know, and I started worrying and I was like, oh, I love this kid. I like adore her, you know, and is it complicated? Yes, but there's that common purpose. Like I'm jumping in front of the bus for her. And again, is it perfect? No, I've totally screwed up. It's not easy being a, a step parent for anybody. We all have screwed up. You know, all the parents involved have done things that they probably wish they had done differently. Um, so how how is it when, sort of at the beginning, when you, your ex, your current, and your ex's wife were all together? Was it? I mean, what were the what were the feelings of it? You know, even though you guys all have goodwill, but it's also a crazy situation. Yeah, but I think it kind of felt like that. We were all kind of like, okay, you know, this is kind of wild. But the other thing is, is that everybody has what they bring to the table. Right. You know, and I remember talking to my uh, ex-husband's wife and being like, what would you do? Because she's really smart. You know, she's smart. She had good feedback. And, you know, my husband helps out my ex-husband tremendously. We're different states. So, you know, my husband's the one driving his kids around and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. sacrifice. There's a lot of, you know, probably enormous gratitude from everyone because we're all trying to help. And did everybody sort of bump heads at any point about how to do something? You know, I don't like that he's sleeping at his girlfriend's house. Yes. Because those those are difficult even in a marriage. So that's also boundaries, right? So I had full custody. So kind of like what I said went, you know, if I wanted technically for doctors and schools and all that stuff, it was my call. And you got full custody because of how bad he felt. I, I think he had to because I left the state. God, okay. But it never felt like I had full custody because I would always, I depended on him for a lot of help, a lot of like brain power help mm-hmm. and emotional support for me. Right. Like sometimes another parent will give you a little, per, like, out, you're so in it. And the, the farther away parent, like a step parent can easily say, I think that they're okay. Like, I, the kid looked like, they're okay because sometimes the, the bio parent is like, this is going to be all right, like a little more worried and, and you have a little more perspective. You can say, you know, I think, I think she, he, whoever is doing, doing good. And it's like, if you can let the, the light in, if you can give in to the fact that you do have four brains instead of two, to me, you're better off. Yeah, you have a village. Right, exactly. Yeah. We'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. 
if you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Okay, let's get back to it. So paint a picture of what this modern family looks like today. Well, the kids are, are older, right? Like everybody's almost adult and all the adults, us, are all in their own lives. Do you guys all ever all get together? Are you no. jumping off the docks in Maine together? Yes. Oh, well, yes. With my ex-husband, yes, because we... Our, we met, as I said, because we had we grew up together. So our parents all had houses in the same place and we still go. And that's been a huge blessing for me because the kids never had to go away in the summer. We were all on the same island, which was really great. And just in August, my ex-husband, his partner, his daughter, our son, me, Peter is in the city, they all came swimming. And Actually, when I got this email about this podcast, I was sitting in the dock and they were all bobbing heads in the water. And I was like, well, I guess we did it somehow. <laughs> like, it's been a roller coaster, but here we all are. And that image that you sent me, you texted me this picture. That's when I thought to myself, that's such an interesting thing. How did Isabel create that? And why is it that I have friends who have tumultuous exes, you know, that it's so fraught and angry and resentful and, you know, the kids don't speak to one of the parents, you know, and then I looked at this blissful photo and I thought, I really wanted to dig in and figure out like how one could do this, you know, because there are people now that work actually really hard to be able to maintain a healthy relationship with an ex because it only helps their children or themselves. Absolutely. When I hear, you know, fighting and not talking to someone in your life, anyone in your life, that just feels so painful to me. And it takes a lot of energy, right? It takes a lot of energy to be angry. It takes a lot of energy to be in a fight. And even with how imperfect all of the the relationships that I've experienced as I as I grew up as an adult, 
I always felt lighter and felt like everyone was better if we could just reason things out and keep moving on. Because I feel like I can't really move on until my little family, as weird as it is, is in working order. And Mm -hmm. I think a big thing I would say is resentment. I think resentment is easily, I think it's easily replaced. And I think you can replace resentment with gratitude. And it sounds corny, but I honestly feel if I'm ever feeling resentful, my, the medicine that I take is to do a quick gratitude list to be like, hold on, why? I mean, so usually expectations that are not met lead to resentment and, and resentment about anything is a waste of time. Right. And isn't good for your family. And the other, I mean, but also you need everybody to be on the same page with this. And it seems like everybody's on the same page in your kooky family. I think the thing that I would say is, and it's for me to remember every single day, is that I always have a choice. I have a choice. Everyone always has a choice. And I think sometimes, especially in these situations where it's like divorce or or infidelity, you feel like you're cornered. You feel like there's no way to behave other than this. If this person did this, I have only one choice and that is to be, you know, angry, resentful, to lash out, to get in a fight, to to not talk to that person. But for me, it's really important to remember that I always have a choice. I always have a choice. So if I can think about like what what's the common purpose? What's like our common goal like the kids, right? Or even if you don't have kids, what's the common like kindness? right? Or like, what are your principles? How do you want to live your life? Um, but I think that's true for marriage too, because, you know, exes are not exes. You know, you, I think you make a choice in marriage. There are times where in my marriage, my husband does something and I take a moment and I go, God, I could really turn this into a thing. Like we could really have a fight over it. Or I can make the choice of like, you know what? So we screwed up. How important is it? You know what I mean? Like what, to what end, to what end? And, you know, I let it go. And by the way, let it go without resentment. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's the sort of goal, right? Because letting it go really is like, you've forgiven, you've, it's moving on. It's, 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 you're not going to hold on to a little, or you try not to hold on to a little part of it. And, and, you know, my husband and I just had a fight, you know, not a big fight, but I was sitting there and I was like holding on to this anger about something. And who is it hurting? Totally me. All right. Totally me. But by the way, the fact that your first husband came in and said, I don't love you anymore. I love somebody else. You could, that's like a big boulder you could hold on to for um, your whole life if you wanted to. Right. But I, you know. But you'd be bitter Isabel and not fun Isabel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and not remarried Isabel. And yeah. not, you know, I think there's a lot of good. And I, I remember having a choice. It's like, you can either be bitter and hold on to this thing that's gone. He's gone. Or I can like, let go, go out there, see what there is. And that's my choice. And the empowering thing is that we always have a choice at every single moment. When I behave the worst is when I think I don't have a choice. Do you ever hearken back to the idea that with your first husband, God, there was a time when we did love each other, not for reconciliation, but in terms of just being friends in the world, raising these kids. Like there was once a history of something that was full. Yeah. And had meaning to it. Yeah. And was like all encompassing. I would never have married someone that I wasn't 
completely in love with and could see a beautiful future. And I mean, I'm sure this is true of every single person that's ever been married to someone. There's always something there and the living proof are the, are the kids, right? But, you know, the, my ex-husband sometimes will say something and I'm like, right, that's exactly right. Better, better, better than what I was thinking, you know? And of course, there's a lot of human stuff that gets in, a, in the way, like jealousy of of having that pure, like, let go and let God and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. I think about, I think about my exes and I don't have ex-husbands, but mm-hmm. I have, ex, I've got a boatload of ex-boyfriends. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and I think about, I think about them and I still love each one in a way, you know what I mean? I still do. And I still keep in touch with most of them because I had a, substantial moment in my life with them, you know, and I, I was engaged to one guy that I was with for eight years, which is, which is like a marriage marriage to me. I mean, that's more time than I was married to my first husband. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of humanity, right? I look at my kids with their boyfriends and girlfriends now, and I'm like, those people are going to impact you so deeply. Like that's that they're part of who you are. I, I listen, I, I still every once in a while reach out to an ex just to see how they're doing or they're going through a milestone. I remember when I had COVID and it was early days, early dark days and people were scared and I, I hadn't heard from my ex in a few years. And I just got a text that just said, are you going to die? <laughs> <laughs> and I texted back, no. And that's the last I heard from him. But all I'm saying is they're they're out there, and in some way we are all aware of them. There, it's a big kind of spider web of your life. Yeah, and I don't understand the not talking. I, I mean, I understand when there are boundaries, and that people are like, you know what? Maybe it's just better that we don't interact. Right. We don't have to, you know. Um, but it's like cutting yourself off from yourself, in a way. But haven't you found that every all the exes that you know, because I can certainly say most of the exes I know, whether they're my own parents or friends of mine, the ones that held on to the resentment are are bitter people, are people that they don't even look healthy. Do you know what I mean? There's an aura about them that they're still living in the anger and the resentment of whatever it is that imploded that relationship. Well, yeah. If I'm in a story that I can't get out of, like, um, it doesn't even have to be an ex, but like a friend or a, or a teacher of my kid or something like that. And I can't get out of that story and I'm ruminating and I'm like thinking about it and getting angry and resentment. Then, I, then the minute I feel that I'm like, Oh, this is, this is totally about you. Something is wrong with you. Cause it's not them. Cause the likelihood is, is they're not thinking about you. They've moved on. So I have to work then for me then is to be like, why is this driving me crazy? Why am I holding on to this? Why am I taking this personally? Why am I making myself miserable? You know, keeping myself up at night. Can I let it go? Can I, can I say how important is it? Can I be grateful for what I have, which is getting back to the the great thing of like, want what you have, want what you have. It's such a beautiful, easy, simple sentence, you know? Yeah, I love it. I, I, I love it. I think that the two things that I would pull out of this podcast and put on a t-shirt <laughs> is want what you have and radical acceptance. Radical acceptance is the best with everything, right? I mean, 
there's a lot going on politically right now. But radical acceptance, like I'm going to accept this is happening. So I'm going to go and fight the good fight, or I'm going to accept this is happening and do what I can. The end of the day is who do I want to be in the world? Because uh, it's only me, right? You get up and with yourself and you go to sleep with yourself. So my job is to be like, can I act with grace and dignity? Can I act respectfully? Can I act with kindness? Or that there's the choice. Or I can do the other stuff. And when I'm doing the other stuff, I'm not as happy. I don't, I don't like myself. It's darker. And so I'd rather make the choice and, and make the replacement. I am ending on that note. But what about my questions? We're going to get to those, but I'm ending this part of it oh, okay. on, on like the big masterclass Oprah ending. Thank you for that. Isabel Gillies. You're welcome. So Isabel now is going to ask me a question. She gets to go ask Allie. And this is something that uh, I don't have any idea what she's going to ask me. Okay. I have two sections. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So this is the would you rather lightning round with Allie. Oh, my gosh. Isabel came to play. All right. That's right. Bring it on. Okay. Would you rather bike across America and sleep outside in campgrounds or walk across and sleep in luxury hotels? Walk and sleep in luxury. <laughs> okay. Would you rather live your whole life marry the same people, raise the same family, et cetera, before the internet or after the internet? Before. <laughs> Would you rather be a world-famous Beyonce-level rock star, but at one arena show in front of 50,000 people, you have like a major catastrophe in white pants, everyone can see it on social media, and can play, be replayed for the rest of history uh -huh. or be a beloved high school music teacher that is so good there's a movie made about her be a beloved high school music teacher not that i'm not i'm not embarrassed about shitting my pants at all <laughs> but to be beyonce to me is it, there's so many added things i wouldn't want to deal with Well, that's the question right that was that's like i want to be a rock star so badly oh see that doesn't <sighs> appeal to me yeah I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that was the funny part. Okay. And then I thought of this question. Mm -hmm. What was the best money you spent this year? What was the best money I spent this year? I would say two things. One was the deposit for our eldest daughter's education in college. And the other would be for a pressure cooker so during COVID, I bought a pressure cooker so we could make like chicken tacos. So it would steam all the chicken with the peppers and the everything. So that was like a, you know, a lot of meals were made in the pressure cooker. So that was, that was money well spent. I love that question. I sometimes put that question at dinner parties. Yeah. And go around the table. It's a good one. What did you say? Well, funny. One of them was a rice cooker. We're, we're from the same mold. <laughs> Isabel Gillies. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me about how to coexist in a happy way with your ex. And I would like to say thank you. And I have a ton of gratitude for your podcast. And I've learned a lot from it. And thank you for having me to talk about this because, you know, it's interesting talking about it's like reading a novel when you're 20 and then 30 again with your 40. Like revisiting the subject has been helpful for me. So thank you. Well, maybe there's a book in it for you. <laughs> I should write a book. <laughs> Gotta get going on that. 
So I'm thinking about radical acceptance and I'm thinking about how it can be implemented in our lives just in general. I mean, radical acceptance of everything. I mean, God, think about how polarized our country is right now. If we had some more radical acceptance, I, I think we we could find a little more peace. Uh, I could fucking lose my mind when George leaves dirty dishes and coffee rinds all over the sink. But I think if I had more radical acceptance, I probably wouldn't get so ragey. He's very busy. He didn't have time and that's okay. And it's not a reflection on me. Um, and I have to say, I am in awe of Isabel Gillies. It, it does take a lot of work and insightfulness to be able to have this kind of modern family that she has. So radical acceptance is my new middle name. Thank you for listening to Go Ask Allie and having radical acceptance about me. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and follow me on social media, on Twitter at Allie Wentworth and on Instagram at The Real Allie Wentworth. And listen, if you have questions or guest suggestions, I would love to hear from you. Call or text me at 323-364-6356 or email Podcast at gmail.com. Go Ask Alley is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.